Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. When something really exciting happens in your life, or you stumble across something new and interesting, or just plain fun, you want to tell people about it, right? I mean, it's a natural response to want others to acknowledge and possibly enjoy the same thing that you've just discovered. The same feelings of excitement and wanting to tell others should be true of our faith too. When we find something as wonderful and life-giving as a relationship with God, we should be bursting at the seams to tell others about how they can experience the same just incredible relationship. Sharing your faith is a relatively easy thing to do, let's say at church or even in your personal life sometimes, but what about at work? The people you spend the majority of your time with, I mean, don't they deserve to know about God too? Well, this is one big hurdle that many of us have met or anticipate coming up against, though. And it's the question of where do you even begin to share your faith at work? Well, joining me today uh, is Nicole Arnold. Nicole is the Communications and Public Affairs Manager for an electric cooperative in Asheboro, North Carolina, and has worked as a lobbyist and spent several years working for political campaigns and community causes. So she is very knowledgeable on what is appropriate for workplaces, while also being keenly aware of the importance of living in a way that is true to your faith. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. And I'm just, I'm really excited to have you talk through this with us. Well, thanks for having me, Jordan. So in your career, um, I mean, it's definitely been probably more on the political government side of things. Has it been easy for you to share your faith or is it maybe a little bit more difficult just kind of given the environment? So I think that my experience probably is similar to basically everybody's. Um, You know, at times it seems really difficult and at times it seems super easy. And I think that when I was younger, uh, starting out in the workforce, I I placed a lot of emphasis on this question and I I, uh, debated it mentally and, you know, had my emotional struggles with it. And as I've gotten older, um, I have a different perspective on it. And I think that perspective came from reading a C.S. Lewis quote, um, or in one of his books. And he said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. And so when I, when I thought about that quote and what he was trying to communicate, I realized that he saw his faith as a lens through which he sees the world. So the answer is a lot simpler uh, than I thought it was when I was younger. Um, the answer is that it should be pretty easy because it's how you carry yourself. It's how you communicate with others. It's how you're present with people throughout the day. And if you are doing that in an, a way that honors your faith and that honors God, then you're being successful. And if you are doing things opposite to um, those types of principles, then you're causing people to really scratch their head based on your actions. Well, and I, and I love that because I think that may be part of the hesitation or maybe even the fear of some people when they think about sharing their faith at work, you know, well, I, I don't know verses. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to like to go through the step process of, you know, having someone come to Christ and it, and it really can just be as simple as it, it's just, how you live, you know, I mean, it's, it's how your spiritual walk is coming across. Um, so, I mean, I guess in your opinion, what can, or maybe what should your spiritual walk look like at your workplace? I mean, should it be something that's like, it stands out, you know, maybe a lot, (laughs) which maybe is not good. Um, or is it really just kind of being mindful of that 
person that you're putting out into the workplace? So the, I guess the hardest part about it is that you need to take an extra step mentally and you have to think about what image are you projecting? And it's easy, Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to discount that. I, you know, I was not a theater major. I I feel like they have a really, (laughs) a big leg up here, right? When, When it comes to understanding how they carry themselves and, and what they're communicating emotionally and also from a content standpoint. So um, I've, I've tried to become more mindful of what I'm actually projecting. You know, when I walk into the office in the morning, am I, am I interested in my coworkers? Am I uh, making eye contact with them? Do I genuinely seem to care about them? Or am I always in a rush? I'm always harried. I'm, I'm, you know, having difficult problems and it's all being communicated to others. So I'm not saying that you should project happiness or specifically false happiness all all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't be genuine, but I am saying examine what genuine is. Uh, You you don't want to project a a genuine burden in your life. You know, if if you tell people that you're a Christian or you mention something about your church this over the weekend um, or some other avenue of your faith, then people are going to remember that whether or not they comment on it at the time. And then if your behavior is really counter to what um, living you know, for the Lord should look like, then they're also going to have that juxtaposition and that's, that's not going to set well in their mind. Um, so yeah. we, you know, I, I think one thing is that we're a reflection of God. Um, what we're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing every day, whether we're conscious of it or not, should be pointing back to him. Um, and I, I think if I could leave a verse with folks, it would be First um, Peter 2.9, which talks about how we're called to be a peculiar people. So that means a little bit different, right? It doesn't mean that you are telling everybody that you're holier than thou or that you're so much better than they are, but it does mean uh, that you should walk in the light. He's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So I think one thing that I think of often, um, or kind of a mantra that I say to myself is, am I projecting light or am I projecting darkness? There's plenty of darkness Mm -hmm. in this world. It's up to us to project the light. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said too about don't be false happy. Right. (laughs) Because I mean, your life is not always going to be happy. And, you know, it is going to also come down to how do you act and how do you present yourself when you're not happy? And, you know, something is not going well for you. Um, that's going to be just as important, if not honestly more important to sharing your faith with others around you, because they're going to look at you and go, okay, you know, how are they going to, what are they going to do? <laughs> are they, are they going to not be the happy Christian now? You know, are they going to be mad at God? And, you know, so it is, it, it's so important just any moment of any day, you know, just to, you know, and, and it's interesting because you don't want to like overthink it. <laughs> so you don't want to be right. so focused on like, I gotta be a Christian, gotta be acting like that. Cause then mm-hmm. you're, you're going to stress yourself out. <laughs> um, so it is almost kind of like, you just have to, I guess, almost surrender yourself just constantly and just be like, you know what, Lord, like just live through me, shine through me. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's laid out your steps. So, you know, he knows where you're going to go, what you're going to go through, but you know, it's, it's also just kind of this conscious thing of remembering that. I think. It is. And, and I, I think that a lot of Christians feel pressure to be happy all the time, to have almost right, a forced right. um, geniality with others that is not necessarily genuine to what they're going through. And, wow, life is full of really hard, difficult things. And 
you know, probably your coworkers are going to know if a parent just died or, I mean, they're, they're going to know exactly. you're going to have grievance leave. You're going to have all this. So bereavement leave. So those are things that they know that you're going through and you don't have to project some sort of faults. Like everything's perfect all the time. Things are not perfect all the time. And mm-hmm. there are times in your life that you may be really struggling with your faith or wondering why God has brought this to you to deal with, or uh, you're confused, or you're, you could be even mad at God. And what I try to tell myself when I go through those sort of terrible valleys, um, emotional valleys, is that you know the good news is that God knows me completely from beginning to end, and He loves me anyway, which is an incredible statement, really, when you think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And, and so He's big enough to handle all of that stuff, um, and so if, you know, if somebody asks you, well, I know you're going through really hard things right now. You know, how, how has that made you feel? You don't have to say, you don't have to project, you know, a false happiness, um, or a forced happiness, but instead, you know, you can, you can get real with them for a minute, but, um, remember that, you know, God is big enough to carry all of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and another thing too, that, you know, we've probably all gone through, I don't know, very many people that haven't, but you know, that is less than perfect is, you know, everything going on with COVID-19 and you know, what it, what it has done to the workplace environment just in general. Um, and I guess I'd be curious to know your thoughts on like, do you think that kind of workplace environment shift, you know, that we all went through with COVID, has it made sharing your faith easier, maybe because you're not in person every day, or is it maybe harder because you're not in person every day? <laughs> you know, I think, I think it's both. Um, I I've been on zoom calls with coworkers and their two-year-olds have run in and totally disrupted the phone call, right? Or their dog, their <laughs> dog will not stop barking and, and will not, you know, it is not time to go walking, but it doesn't matter. It's a zoom call and the dog's going crazy in the background. So you know, right. the good yeah. part of this is that you get to see people at home and people generally bring their defenses down a little bit when they're at home. They're they're just Mm -hmm. more comfortable. Um, This is a wonderful opportunity for um, other believers to see what your coworkers are going through and and possibly Mm -hmm. to find a touchstone, especially if you happen to know that that coworker is not a person of faith. Then you know you you put that little nugget away mentally, and you think you know this is this is a possibly a common touchstone that I can talk about in the future. You know, I happen to have a two year old who loves to barge in during Zoom meetings, um, and, and it's 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 incredibly challenging. You know, so um, yeah. th- those are kind of things that you can bring up later on, and everybody can kind of laugh at themselves um, and and just realize. And I think that you know. Christians being real, believers being real is a big part of this. So, um, you know, projecting some sort of, um, not that you shouldn't be professional on a Zoom call, but projecting some sort of false superiority is is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody right now is super anxious, right? Um, Anxiety Mm -hmm. is just, I mean, like every newspaper article that you see and every online, you know, outlet is just another thing to worry about, you know? (laughs) And and so uh, I think that one thing that we can try to do or that we definitely should do and something that I do in my role every day is I try to sort of center myself um, and have that, you know, pray without ceasing. I need to be in communion with God and then project that calmness in the workplace Obviously, there are going to be times when that's extremely hard to do, especially if you're going through, a, you know, a natural disaster or something that's impacted your workplace in a, in a way that really rocks it. But being the calm in the storm is something that's going to draw people to you, and that could be a very effective witness for for Christ. Yeah. Well, and another 
calm in the storm um, that we all should be striving for right now is, you know, we're going through all of this, the racial discrimination and, you know, social injustice, and we're all dealing with that now too. And so, I mean, how should we behave as a Christian? You know, I say in the workplace, but whatever your workplace looks like right now, you know, when the world is seeking justice against racial discrimination. Yeah, th- this is a this is a big question. Um, yeah, it's, sorry, it's, it's a very hot topic right now. I think it's on everybody's mind. Um, yeah. And then you know, I, I'm going to tell you just a couple things that I've learned from my political stuff over the years. Is my political experiences is when mm-hmm. people have something that they want to say, trying to uh, suppress that is only going to cause everybody a whole lot of pain down the road. Um, yeah. People need to say what they need to say. And it may not be what you want to hear. It may be awkward. It may be, you know, weird for the company or whatever. It, it, there's different ways to look at this. But no matter what that is, and maybe they say it in a way that's not very helpful or, or you know, very, it might be rude. Or, and I'm, I'm not just necessarily talking about racial discrimination here. There's, you know, people are outspoken about all kinds of things. Yeah. Please let them go ahead and say it. Let them get it out. They, there's something in them that needs to come out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and especially with this particular conversation, those are conversations that that need to be welcome, where people need to be able to feel that they can then talk about that. This is not just, you know, um, some sort of complaint that's not warranted. So when people feel that they have been treated with dignity and that others want to be present and they want to listen to what they have to say, you know, a Christian doesn't necessarily have to have all the answers. We, I don't think we ever do. Um, and, but if you are an active listener, that goes so much farther in people's minds than trying to engage or trying to one up or, you know, what, what is your goal here? So I'd say the the goal for the Christian in this circumstance, as with many others, but definitely with this one, is to try to restore a union with God. Mm-hmm. So as, as Christians, we're called to um, walk worthy of the vocation where we're called, which and when I say vocation there, I, I mean the Christian witness. So I'm, I'm going to Ephesians 4 here. This is These are the words of Paul. And one thing he says is that with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbear one another in love, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So mm-hmm. think, of, you know, think of yourself being bonded to others in a peaceful way. I think I think right now that would be a great way to think of your fellow man and your fellow women um, in the workplace. Can you bond yourself to them in a, in a spirit of peace? Can you find a unity with them? That's what we're called to do as Christians, to, to be in union with them. Um, and when they feel aggrieved, that's something that you need to listen to. That's, that's, that's real life. That's stuff that we need to go through together. Um, the only other thing I'd say about this particular topic is, is be genuine. So um, there's a lot of social signaling going on right now. And this is when, you know, corporations say they make these kind of blanket statements. And I, I'd say be very wary of this as a Christian because um, people are smarter than you think. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you, you should really have a, a high high level of um, of acumen here when you're, when you're dealing with others. They can sniff out a, a false characterization really quickly. Oh yeah. And a, and a lack of genuineness is, is only going to hurt your Christian witness. So, mm. um, you know, whatever you do, like I said, you don't have to have all the answers and you start, this, this is probably not the time to start give, giving people what you think are the answers according to you. Right. Um, it's, it's time to listen, but, uh, whatever you do, don't project a false 
um, idea that, that you know all and that, you know, you're really going to make all the, you know, it's, it's not time to do that. It's time to listen. So, I mean, with all of the different situations that we're going through, you're, you stand the chance to, let's say, mess up, you know, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to say something, you're going to react a certain way. You know, you're, you're going to be upset about something. You're going to be sad about something. And, you know, like I said, you're going to quote unquote mess up. So if you do that at work, you know, and you react in a way to something, you know, that is contrary to your faith. Is there any coming back from that? <laughs> there, there definitely is. Uh, and, and so this is, this is a really important question because we all are sinners. We, we all right. mess up. We're going to mess up in the future. I, I'm sorry to say it. We, we want to be in union with Christ. We want to, you know, not have any, uh, destruction in our fellowship with Christ. We, we, we want it to be perfect, but we're not perfect. So things are going to happen. So I'll tell you one time in, in, uh, in politics and in, in everybody's career, there are stressful things that happen and people get really, especially in, in kind of my role, we communicate a lot, a lot, a lot of, that's my main job is communicating. So, um, you know, if you catch me at a really bad time and you must have an answer, you know, watch out, right? No, no, I, I try, <laughs> I try to hold my temper in, but I've definitely worked with people who let their temper get the better of them. Um, it, mm. it's happened quite a bit. So, um, I actually had one time, uh, several years ago, a supervisor who did this. She, she just got very upset, sort of nothing was going well this day. And, and we all have those days at work. I mean, your, your technology fails, you end up in a meeting that's incredibly important, but you're cut off from everybody. So you can't report back. They need to know what's going on. I mean, everything was sort of not working that day. And it was a real high stakes day. Um, and she lashed out at our IT people about this. And she, I mean, she just sent an email that burned down the house, right? It was not good. Everybody who read it knew, wow, you know, (laughs) that was, and I knew how tough a day it was, but still, you know, I could see this was, and she came back the next day and she said, you know, I just want to let folks know how sorry I am about this. Mm. I lost my temper. It was completely inappropriate. I take full responsibility. Mm. Now in that moment, she gained so much credibility from, from me, but who, and oh, I yeah. knew how bad it was. Now, other employees throughout our company didn't know necessarily what was going on in government affairs that day, but she, she gained credibility with everyone. Um, she could easily not have done that. You know, she could have waited until our CEO called her down or she could have, you know, been too embarrassed to deal with it. But, but the fact that she dealt, she dealt with it in such a, a public way because she had publicly berated, you know, others, um, I feel like, was the first step and a very important step in a healing process. So um, that, I never forgot that, right? That, that was just something that's always stand out and stood out in my memory. Yeah. So I hope that if I mess up that bad, you know, that I will do that kind of stuff. You, you, you remember to apologize. You remember to be humble and, and try to win back um, some sort of healing from what has occurred. Yeah. Well, and, and you have that example of doing it well, in your life. And, you know, now you're going to remember that <laughs> if, if you are in that situation and, and, you know, and maybe that's a way to think of it too, is, you know, if you do the uncomfortable thing and you, you know, come forward and, you know, apologize and make things right, you're, you're setting an example for other people around you. Um, that's right. You know, and and here, encouraging that behavior. I think one thing that we hadn't talked about Jordan, but I, I think that probably is on a lot of folks mind is how to deal with difficult people. 
So mm-hmm. this is not necessarily you messing up at work, but this is someone else messing up and causing you know right. great pain and difficulty for everybody. And yet you have to deal with this head on. You know, how do you go about that in a way that is God honoring and it, when you're really sort of at your wits end with with these other folks? Um, and I'd say, you know, again, kind of going back to trying to find that touchstone inside of, of just a, a place of calm, a place of remembering who you are. You're a child of God. You always need to communicate that. Remembering to let people, you know, when, when they need to lash out, to let them lash out. That doesn't affect you. It, it feels like it affects you. It feels like an attack, right? But if you can kind of take yourself away from that verbal assault or whatever it is that you're dealing with, um, and, and just you know, remind yourself that, um, that the way that you react is the most important part of this equation right now. And that's all that you can be responsible for. You can't answer for what others have done. You have to answer for what mm-hmm. you're doing. And whatever mm-hmm. you can do to try to bring this situation back to some sort of, even if it's just a, a half win, half win, not necessarily you know a win loss, whatever it is, if you can kind of bring them back to the middle and, um, and do that by diffusing the situation, by remaining mm-hmm. calm, I think that's kind of the first step. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, all of these things we've talked about kind of stem from if you're confident in your faith. Um, so I guess if, if you have gotten to a place where you do feel confident in who you are, you know, your, your walk with Christ and, you know, you're, you're ready to live that out at work, how does doing that and being that confident in your faith help you in the workplace? I mean, can it, can it be a benefit to you? It it can be a benefit to you, and it can be a benefit to the company. Now, so you're not going to read this in anybody's vision statement, in any company's vision statement or mission statement. It's not going to say we hire Christians because they're the best, <laughs> or it's not going to say you know we hire Christians because they lead us on from strength to strength. You know, it's right. But nevertheless, you know, I I actually truly believe that um, those who come in and are mature, responsible employees who care about others, who invest, who try to be present, you know, put your phone down, give people their due. Um, those are the people who are really going to make the company go forward. You're going to project Mm -hmm. a vision that everybody wants to buy into. People are going to want to be part of your team because you're a good leader. Um, and we're called to be good leaders. We're not called to be shrinking violets on the (laughs) sidelines of life. We're we're (laughs) called to point others to Christ and, and somehow how we do that in the work world is often by integrity um, mm-hmm. by how we treat others. So right. I'll never forget when I was, do- I was on an internship when I was, uh, in college actually. And I was with an HR director and I was really surprised when she told me sort of her secrets of hiring behind the, the lines. Um, one of the things that she said that she looked for, although she can't ask these personal questions in an interview, one of the things that she's sort of trying to see if she can get a feel for is, is this person Uh, does this person have a happy home life? Mm. And I thought, wow, you know, how do you even, she said, it's just, you know, it's kind of how they present themselves. And and if you can kind of read between the lines, the person who has a happy home life is somebody who makes a really great employee. People who Mm -hmm. live in a state of utter turmoil are going to have a very hard time concentrating at work. They're going to have a very hard time being consistent at work. And all of that made sense to me. 
Um, yeah. And so she wasn't necessarily looking for somebody with a, a rock star marriage and, you know, four kids. And you know, that's not what she was talking about. She was just talking about in themselves, are they a person who can live with themselves and seems to be comfortable with who they are? Um, and, mm. and that's where we want, that's kind of the goal in our faith to get to a place where we really are comfortable there. Well, and I'd love to know what kind of tips do you have for, I'm going to quote unquote, reading the room um, of your work environment to figure out the best way to be true to your faith? Because obviously everybody's work environment is different. Everybody's industry is different. So there may be certain things that you can do in each and maybe certain things that you shouldn't do. Yeah, absolutely. So I've definitely worked with and worked for people who, uh, you know, were not believers Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd say, you know, that was something that was always somewhere on the landscape of my mind, um, although it wasn't necessarily the central point of whatever project I was working on. And so when I'm working with those people, um, one of the things that I'm looking for is when I'm present with them, I'm looking for cues. What's important? What makes this person tick? Mm. What do they really care about? Is that a commonality? Is that something that I share? It has nothing to do with religion or faith or what? It's just something, is it, is it something that I share? That's a great starting point. So if you can relate to that person on that level, they won't forget that. They'll start to feel very comfortable with you. And, and that's, that's, that's kind of where it begins. Um, no matter what conversations you're having, and um, if, it, if it's a political conversation or if it's the political outlook of the company or how we're being spun or how we're being viewed or whatever those conversations are, uh, they don't have to be necessarily religious or political, but sometimes, sometimes they are uh, political in nature. Those are things that you can still relate to the person on and, and understand you know, what is important to them, uh, what's important to us, what's important to the company. It, a lot of times we all have to take our hats off of how we are personally and, and think about what's best for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still kind of meet those goals by understanding the people that you work with because the people you work with are the company. Um, when I did this in the past, I, I know that I was working with folks uh, on a natural disaster that, that occurred and we were we were working with funds that were significant in nature and trying to help those whose housing had been impacts, impacted by um, hurricanes and tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would start with service, right? So wherever you came from, the folks I was working with on this project, they cared about service. They cared about others. What a great starting point, right? And so from there, how I react in situations which were un- unfortunately sometimes very stressful because we were working in um, with folks who'd been through the worst experience of their lives, bar none, right? Sometimes they were mad. Sometimes they were upset. Understandably, right? They were victims of natural disasters. How we relate and other people are watching, they're they're noticing how you're going through these motions. So, um, you know, just kind of remember what what the touchstone is, what's the common point with the other folks, and then remember what you're called to do. Well, before we wrap up and head out of here, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think we all know Mr. Rogers. You know, I, I grew up with Mr. Rogers. I, I think many of us did, or, you know, now our, our kids can see him in reruns on, on TV or on Netflix. Um, you know, one thing that Mr. Rogers said was to be present with others. He said, he, this is before the age of cell phones, before they took over our lives necessarily. But um, if he, I think if he were here, he'd say, put the phone down. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, he wouldn't like yeah. phones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. You know, social media, right? It, it's, uh, it rules our lives too much. So um, he'd say, give people the time that they want. Give people the consideration that they deserve. 
show people that they are worthy of love. Mm -hmm. So if you show people that they're worthy of love, that they're valued, they're going to be so much more interested in speaking to you and in engaging with you on any matter of topics, right? They're, they're actually going to be interested in what you're interested in. That's going to be thought provoking for them. It's, it's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something that we need in our society so much right now. Um, we really, especially now that we're unfortunately not able to be together physically in many ways. Um, it's even more important to demonstrate to others that you have uh, a, a true, genuine feeling for them, yeah. and that you want them to understand um, that they are important. They're important to you. They're important to God. They're one in the same. There's not one that works and one that doesn't. They're one in the same when you're a Christian. We're glad you joined us for this conversation about living out your faith at work in an authentic manner that draws others to God. For more information about this episode, check out the episode page on our website, forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We appreciate your feedback and want to make sure we continue to feature topics you're interested in hearing more about. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.